there is something beautiful about being people of the word. There is something beautiful about knowing that God is faithful to what he speaks. You know, the Bible is very clear that in Numbers, it tells us that God is not a man that he should lie. Not the son of man that he should change his mind. You know, when I gave my life to the Lord, you know, I was very young, three years old. And, um, and when the Lord called me, when he gave me the call on my life, immediately I rebelled. I didn't want to go into ministry. I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want to come to a place that didn't even like the lions. Being honest, this is the last place I ever thought I would be. And when I came to school here in Minnesota, I was just looking forward to going home. So I, 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 did, not, I did not intend to, to go into ministry, and so I rebelled. But finally the Lord called me, and I remember I was down in Indianapolis, and I was at a service, and I was there because I was a part of the drama team. It's not that I could act. And please don't ask me to do my pantomime because it was horrible. My wife's like, please don't ever do that in public. You know? But you know, there are some things I still remember. <laughs> but the only reason why I joined is because that's where all the girls were. And, uh, and so I joined the drama team at church and we were down in Indianapolis and I really didn't care about anything except just being me. At the time I was, I was uh, pursuing other careers. I was going to be a mechanical engineer. I enjoyed just being a part of something that made sense to me. It just clicked with me. I'm there at the, the, the service and they had a, a grand service for all the help that was there. We were going to help with a certain activity and we're going to do some outreaches and we're going to do it through drama and evangelization and stuff, evangelism and stuff like that. And so I'm at this service as kind of this pep rally and the preacher comes up and I don't remember who it was. I don't even remember what he looked like but I do remember this. He took his notes and he threw them away and he says, you may say the right words, you may sing the right songs, you may even speak in tongues and you still can go to hell. And man, I ran down to the altar so fast. I stayed there, I stayed there, I stayed, it stayed there until the youth pastor was embarrassed to bring me back because we had to leave. And I just remember thinking, man, I want to give my life to you, Lord. I want to give my life to you. And so as I gave my life to the Lord, I decided, man, this is it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to give 100% to the Lord. Never going to look back again. And come that few days later, I fell into sin, and I just, just continued. And it seemed like my life just up and down, up and down, up and down. And I never could get it right. I was, uh, at the time, you know, we used to have Sunday night services, and, uh, and I was, you know, every Sunday night, it seemed like I was at the altar. Every Sunday morning, I was at the altar. Every Wednesday at youth group, I was at the altar, repenting of my sins because I just couldn't figure it out. You know, I, I, was, I was really good at being a non-Christian, but it was hard trying to figure out how all of this was going to fit together in my life, how I was going to be disciplined and determined and, and steadfast in my faith in God. So I ended up having a mentor in my life, and, and he challenged me to do things for 30 days. He, he says, I, wanted to, I want you to do two things 
in 30 days. For the next 30 days, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give up all of your music. I want you to give up every music, every media, every anything that you you like to enjoy, you know, and I, I enjoyed movies. I, you know, back then, you know, where you got fined a dollar if you didn't rewind the VHS tape. You know, I, I enjoyed movies. I enjoyed all that stuff. But he says, for 30 days, I want you to give all that up. He goes, the only thing I want you to do is listen to Keith Green. I said, who's Keith Green? You know, and, and uh, he says, uh, so here, and he gives me a cassette tape. Cassette tape. Keith Green. He goes, I just want you to listen to Keith Green for 30 days. So I went home, I put that in. I didn't even listen to it for 30 seconds. <laughs> I was like, who's this guy? Forget it, you know. Then he says, the other thing I want you to do for the next 30 days is I want you to read your Bible. I want you just to get into your word. And what happened then in the next 30 days is this. I started to really understand that this was God's voice. This was his voice. This was God speaking. This was his word. It wasn't just a book, you know, because I didn't, I didn't enjoy reading. I didn't enjoy reading. It was something that I didn't like to do. Uh, matter of fact, I got, through, I got through pretty much high school without ever reading any book. The only book I read was uh, The Hobbit, you know, because I enjoyed that book. And, and, and that was it. I didn't read anything in high school. But I got into the Word, and it just, it burned in me. I mean, it was just something. And you know what I noticed? That it's kind of like when you're, when you give up sugar for a while, that carrots taste good, right? Because you're just dying for anything sweet, you know? He's like, oh, those don't taste that bad. Uh, but then you put it next to chocolate cake, and you're like, doesn't even compare. You want the cake. But, but what I noticed was my spirit was just, just starving for more of God. And it was because of the Word. It was because of his word. And, and all of a sudden I started listening to Keith Green. And it really wasn't about the music. It really wasn't about his style. But this man was just singing God's word. And it just let a fire in my heart. And I just, got, I just fell in love with God's word. And I started to read. I started to read. Start to read. Start to pray. And start to pray back what I read. And, and I remember just going over and over just time and time again through scripture. It was just a fascinating 30 days. You know what I noticed over those 30 days? I noticed that my ups and downs started to level out. I noticed that things started to disappear from my life. The cravings that I had, the, 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 the personal desires of sin that I, I wanted, all of a sudden started fading. And things started happening in my life that, that were just the Holy Spirit washing, washing, washing. And I just remember thinking back to those days and how... How important it is to just stay into God's Word. Because it's God's Word that keeps us through all of this. And I remember getting ready to go to North Central. I was kind of, you know, at church one day. And, and, you know, I'm getting ready to go into ministry. I'm, I'm excited. I give up my life for the Lord. I'm going to fulfill the call that He had on my life. Remember the verse I told you earlier, how God does not lie and that He does not change His mind? I ran from him. He didn't change his mind. He says, I still have a call on you. And see, that's the thing with people. We think that we, we, when we run from God or we mess up or we make mistakes, that that's it. And God changes it. He does not change his mind. And when he speaks something to you, you may not be ready for it, but it will come to pass. You have to just hold on and believe what God says. He knows what he's doing. 
He knows all the details and all the, the, the mistakes and all the things that you will go through, all the trials and all that. He knows everything, and he's called you. He put a purpose on you. So hold on. And even if you think you made a mistake, it doesn't matter because God will work out all those things and bring them into his will, your plan, your purpose for your life. Why? Because he loves you. And he'll do that. So, so you must hold on. So I was getting ready to go to North Central to, to start, but I was a little nervous. I was a little nervous. And, and I just, because, you know, I, I, I was working at GM. I was working with adults. I went to go visit the campus here in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis and I was just nervous. You know, it was just a completely different life compared to where I was coming from. And I remember I was a part of this, this group. Um, not, not to be a part of the group, but to run the sound system for the group because I was, you know, I was, uh, I was good at sound and I was kind of the head, to, head guy for the sound system. And so I'm at, this, I'm at this meeting of all the church leaders. And, you know, and our church was pretty large coming from uh, Michigan. And, and so they had, you know, 60, 70 leaders there that were in the, the, this meeting and they had, a, they had a prophet there. And this prophet was just a, 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 just a man of God. He just loved the word of God. And, and I remember asking him, because he'd come to our church several times, and I asked him one time, I said, how do you do it? How do you, how do you get to know God so intimately? How do, how do you do it? And he looked at me and he says, son, he says, a cup of coffee and an hour with Jesus every day. Well, I started drinking coffee. I'm like, hey, this guy knows God. I'm going to do it, you know? So, so it's, it's, it, he was just a fantastic guy. But he, he was there talking and ministering to the leaders. And I was just in the back running sound, making sure that everything works good. How many know that you never notice the sound man until it goes wrong, right? And so I didn't want anyone to notice me. I was just doing my job in the back and just having fun, listening to him bless these people. And then all of a sudden, he says, young man. I looked around. I said, no one fits that description. They're all gray-haired people. Uh, oh, me? He said, young man, stand up. And he says, I got a word for you. And this is what he spoke to me. He says, son, you're going to make it. I didn't think I wasn't going to make it. What are you talking about? He says, son, you're going to make it. He says, but you've got to keep God's word in your heart. And he quoted this verse, how can a young man stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart and do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And then he says, I will delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Son, you're going to make it. Never give up on God's word. Burn deep in my spirit. So I go off to school. I go off to school at North Central, and, and uh, it's just, like I said, a completely different world. I was mature. I worked with adults, and now I'm with all these freshmen that have no idea how to behave without mommy or daddy. I mean, I was arrogant, and I was naive, and I was immature myself, but I knew more. I had more life experience. I worked with real people. And I was having a hard time at North Central. I, went, I remember just, just within a few months of the school system, I just wanted to come home. I just wanted to come home. And I remember calling my mom and my dad. And my, 
My dad at the time wasn't saved. My mom was. My dad was upset that I even went to school because he knew that I had a nice job lined up at GM. He knew that I had everything set for me, ready to go, and I gave it all up to go into the ministry. So I remember calling him up one night, and I said, Mom, Dad, I said, I'm done. I'm quitting. I just, I want to come home. And it's my dad, who wasn't saved, who said, Son, don't you quit. This is what you're supposed to do. You're going to make it. And I remember then. I looked back then. I just had a, like a flash in my mind. I looked back over these last several months. You know what I did? I forgot about God's word. You see, because I was busy with school, and, and you know, and, 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 you, know you, you have a false tiredness at school. Now, it's real, but it's false, because, you know, you chose to stay up at 3 o'clock in the morning talking to your friends, and you got class at 8 o'clock, and then, you know, you, you sit there, and you go, and you do this all day, and then you come home, and you sleep for 24 hours, you wake up, you eat for a couple minutes, you go back to bed. I mean, it's a false tired, but it's tiring. And during that time, I neglected God's Word, and what happened was my life started to fall apart. And then I remember, so i got to get back in the Word. And that's once again, stability started happening. So I am truly a believer in knowing God's Word. The Bible says that it is all Scripture is God-breathed. That when you read His Bible, when you read His Word, it breathes life into you. It's that fresh wind that comes in. It's just like when it says in Isaiah chapter 40, it says this. Isaiah chapter 40. <clears throat> It says, do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can understand, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. This is what happens when you intake, when you bring in God's word into your life. He brings strength. He brings uh, stability. He brings uh, the, the weakness, and he takes that away, and he brings you the power to get through what you're going through. And even the young grow tired and weary, and the young men may stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord. How do you hope in someone if you don't know them? And how do you not know them unless you communicate with them? And how do you not communicate with them unless you're willing to spend time with them? And that's the beauty of God's Word. When you spend time with God, you begin to know Him. You begin to trust Him. And you begin to believe in Him. And he says that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Just talking to someone just this last week and they were asking just tons of questions about my personal life. And I just let them know, okay, this, this. How you doing? How you doing? He, and he says, Pete, I drive by your church. You ain't got thousands of people in there. How you doing it? I said, man, you got to have faith in God. You got to believe God. I know, I know, but how do you do it? You got to have faith in God. You got to believe God. But I mean, how you doing it, Pete? you got to have faith in God. you got to believe God. He had no clue what I was talking about. Why? Because he doesn't know him the way I know him. Because I know that my God, my God will supply. I know that my God will heal. I know that my God will give me favor. I know that my God will never fail. And that if I hope in him, he will renew my strength. I tell you, that's what I love about praying God's word back. Because, see, I like to remind God what he promised. I do. I like to remind God of what he said. 
Not because he's forgotten, but because I need to remember as well that my God said that I can ask anything in his name and it will be done. My God said that if you need me in the times of trouble, I'll be there. My God promised those things. And those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagle. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Why? Because he started off by saying this. Do you not know? Have you not heard? My God. You see, that's the beauty of God's Word. That's the beauty of knowing Him. And so I encourage you, get into God's Word. Don't neglect God's Word. Don't let it just be something you do because you think you're supposed to. And, and listen, I have no problem with devotionals. You know, I know, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of family that enjoy reading devotionals, and those are fine. But you know what? Those are simply dessert. Those are simply little things. Why? Because you're reading someone's insight according to how God's Scripture impressed upon them. It's not something that comes from the Lord directly. Now, it is of God. Don't, don't get me wrong. And I don't condemn, and I don't, I don't, but I personally don't, don't use devotionals. And here's why. Because I want to know what God is telling me firsthand. I don't want to just eat dessert. I want some pot roast. You know what I'm saying? I just don't want to get tired of Christmas cookies. I want meat. And that's where I am with the Word of God. Give me something. Yes, yeah, so I enjoy devotionals. I enjoy them, but that's not what gets me going. It is the Word of God. Because when you put it in your heart, He will keep you. When you put it in your heart, He will strengthen you. And you will soar like eagles. Think about that. That God will give you the ability in the midst of whatever you are going to rise above where you're at and to be free. And He will cause you to run and not grow weary. We, uh, we were at home last night and someone was banging on our back door. And immediately we knew that whoever was back there purposely went back there because snow was covering everything and and we looked and boom, 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 boom. And as a father, as a protector, I was looking for anyone who could help me, but no one was there, so I had to do it. <laughs> and I opened the door. You know what I saw? I saw these young boys just flying, just had the audacity to come on my porch and just running. And I'm out there, and I get my flashlight. I said, I see you, boys. I see you. All of, a sudden I come, all of a sudden, the rest of the girls come out. They got brooms and sticks. No, I'm joking. But they come out, and they're like, Dad, did you look? And on our porch were all these Christmas gifts for my family. You know what I thought? I could never do that because I can't run. And those boys were moving. <laughs> and the Bible says that if you put your faith in him, if you rely on him, if you trust him, you will run and not grow weary. It has nothing to do with your strength. 
your cardio, your physique. It has nothing to do with your resources. It has to do with God and His promise to you. This is the beauty of God's Word. And praise the Lord. We started thinking of people who it might be. My wife and I both came up with a name and they were like, nope, he can't run either. <laughs> These boys were quick. <laughs> this morning, I just want you to just fall in love with God's Word once again. I want you to fall in love with God's Word because here's, here's why it's so important. Imagine, imagine if we had an enemy. Pretend with me for a moment if we had an enemy. Pretend with me for a moment that this enemy wanted to steal, kill, and destroy us. What would he do? You see, because these people that this enemy hates live under the protection of the king. The king is all-powerful, and the king has given his people his authority, his rules, his commands, and he put it all in this book, and our enemy knows this. So this enemy that we have, like I said, would you just pretend with me this morning, that this enemy that was out to destroy us knows this, that he cannot do a full-on assault against the king. He doesn't have the power. He doesn't have the authority. He doesn't have the resources to overthrow the king. So what would this enemy do? What would be the plan? The only way the enemy could hurt the king, because he can't defeat him, and he can't overthrow him. He tried that once, and he got kicked out. That's what Isaiah tells us. He tried to set his throne above the king. The Lord kicked him out, got rid of him. And so this enemy knows that he can't defeat the king. So what would he do? He would try to destroy as many of the people that he can. This enemy will go after the people. Because see, he can't overthrow the king. But if he can kill and destroy as many of the king's people he can, it will hurt the king. He knows it. Just like as parents. When we see our kids suffer, it hurts. When we see them suffer, it hurts. And so the enemy knows that if he can't overtake the king, then he's got to attack the people. But there's a problem. You see, the people have power and authority because the king gave him, gave them his word. So what would you do? Hmm. What would I do? What would the enemy do? You know what I would do? I would try to convince as many people that the king's word isn't real. It isn't powerful. The king's word, you know what? It's, it's, it's really not something you could depend on. Do you really believe that the king gave you authority and power? Do you really think he loves you? Do you really think that he would forgive you? Do you really think he loves you that much? And if I can make as many people forget what the king said, if I can make as many people forget the authority and the power they have, guess what? I can destroy them. And so if we had an enemy, that's what he would do. 
he would destroy the very authority that you have. He would destroy the very word that the king has said. But why? Why would this enemy hate us? We didn't do nothing to him. I mean, we didn't cause him to rebel and to fall. Why would he hate us so much? Here's why. In Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says this. He's talking to the serpent who caused Eve to fall. And this is what God said. I will put hostility between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. I want you to know that our enemy understands something, that when God speaks, he means it. And God, one of the first promises, one of the first prophecies he's ever said was, I will defeat you and I will send my son to do it. So that's why the devil is always trying to destroy the word of God. That's why the devil is always trying for you to forget the Word of God. That's why the devil is always trying to corrupt you and understand in your understanding of what God says. Because if you forget the authority and the power that you have under the king's promises, he's got you. But we are not people that forget. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Yes, we have. And we will hold on to God. And we will hold on to his word because it is his word that we stand fast and that we survive and that we have the power to get through everything we go through. It is God's word. And just like that prophet told me, once again, I want you to know this. In Psalm 119, Psalm 119, it says this. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount the laws that come from my mouth, from your mouth. I rejoice in the following your statutes, and as one rejoices in great riches, I meditate on your law, on your word, on your precepts, and consider your ways. I delight in your word, in your law, in your decrees, and I will not neglect it. Please, I pray, do not neglect God's word. Because I'll tell you this, the devil knows the power of God's word. And when we're, not re- when we're reading, we're not just reading a book, we're reading God's breath. The Bible says that all scripture is God-breathed. And if you are going through different difficult times, you rely upon the promises of God. If you're going through confusing time, you rely upon the lamp that will lead you through those moments. You have to not neglect God's word, and he will bring success in your life and he will cause you to fly like the ego you will rise above those things and you will run and not grow weary he will restrain he will strengthen you and give you the power once again why because it's his word we need to be people of god's word amen amen